Whether you've been to this legendary lavish location with lackluster weather or have simply seen it on the silver screen, this historically happening cultural and commercial center is crammed with charisma from its cabs to its clock towers. Pick up a pint, mate, and join me as we peruse lively London on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI. I just want to thank you guys before we get started. I just want to thank you guys for being amazing students, my FYIers. I've got nothing but love for you, as we say in English. Solo tengo cariño para vosotros. Thank you so much for choosing to learn English with me every week as we discover a fascinating topic. And remember, if you guys have any suggestions, anything you'd like to hear about, let me know. Remember, you can find me on social media or you can just go to my website, albertoalonso.com, and you can find links to everything. But remember, this show is for you guys. So make sure you tell me the different topics you'd like like me to tackle. And there we go with our alliteration already. Let's start with our intro, which is usually chock full of alliteration. Repleto de. I started out by saying whether you've been to this legendary, lavish location. Now, weather is a homophone. It sounds the same as el tiempo, but whether it's si or independientemente, I think in this case. So whether you've been to this legendary, lavish location. I think legendary is quite easy. And the word lavish is extravagant, luxurious, abundant. That's a really strong word. The word lavish. And the word location is ubicación. And then I said it had lackluster weather. Now, lackluster is a word that we learned in our Shakespeare episode. But if you think about it, it makes total sense. It lacks luster. Eh, le falta brillo. Está apagado. And that's what we usually think about when we think about the weather in London. But we're going to see that that's a misconception. We're going to learn a lot about London and its lackluster weather. Most of us have simply seen it on the silver screen. And look at all the S's there. Lo has visto en la pantalla grande. I said this historically happening cultural and commercial center. Now, happening is que está de moda. Think about it. There's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. And obviously, even if you like London or you loathe London, lo detestas, there's no doubt that it's a cultural 
and commercial center, and it's crammed with charisma. And if something is crammed with something, it is full of it, like no more fits to cram es apuñar, embutir. In English, it means putting a lot of stuff in a small space. It's also a word we use when we're studying for an exam. If you put it off till the last minute, you have to cram for the exam. From its cabs, sus taxis, which we're going to talk about these cabs. We're going to talk about the tube because we can talk about London without talking about these. And then it's clock tower and we'll find out that the clock tower is not called big ben as we thought it was well it's a technicality but we'll get into that a little bit later oh and by the way the bells you heard are the real bells from the big ben clock See, if you're paying attention, I didn't say the Big Ben Tower. I said the Big Ben Clock. And we heard those chimes. Those chimes are the sounds of a bell. It's also the verb. The bells were chiming. And I wrapped up the intro saying, pick up a pint, mate. Now, a pint is what they would call a beer because they don't drink cañas. No way. They don't play around there. They want big, warm beers. <laughs> Well, hey, warm, let's say room temperature. I don't know if they're warm, but I prefer an ice cold brew. I like it Spanish style and I like a little head on it. Now in England, they don't want too much of a head on their beer. And we're going to talk about the pubs a little bit later on as well. Pick up a pint, mate. And we wouldn't say mate in the United States unless we were joking around and putting on a British accent. We'd say buddy pal, bro, but we wouldn't say mate. In fact, your mate is somebody that you sleep with, you procreate with. My wife is my mate, but I guess it makes sense. She's also my friend in British English. And then I said, we are going to peruse lively London. And to peruse is to look at something carefully, thoroughly, concienzudamente o completamente, to peruse lively London. And lively is con mucha vida. And let's look at the pronunciation there. No, it's London. It's not London, it's London. Lond well, I'll try and say it like they do. London. It's London, mate. You have to put the mate in there. If you put mate at the end of everything, you'll automatically sound British. Mate. <laughs> London. Oh, and there's another mistake I often hear with the British uh, pronunciation, and it's here in Spain. A lot of my students say that they love candem. Candem. But it's not candem, it's Camden. La M viene antes que la N. So I've heard people say, me gusta Camden or Candem. See, now I don't even know which way to say it. <laughs> the real way is Camden. Maybe I'm going to end up confusing you more in the end. So let's get it out of the way. Vamos a quitarlo de medio. Is this a rainy, gray, overcast place? Okay, maybe it's gray. Maybe it's overcast. Overcast is another way of saying cloudy. But you'd be surprised to find out that London actually sees less rain than Rome, Miami, 
and Sydney. And that's both in terms of volume, volumen, and number of rainy days per year. So London is rainy? Said who? And I guess one thing is rain, precipitation, and another thing is fog. And, well, London Fog, isn't that even the name of a brand? So the people in London, they don't let anything rain on their parade. <laughs> to rain on someone's parade? Amargarle la fiesta? <laughs> Hey, I think we looked at that expression, so you should be familiar with it, because I'm sure we looked at it in our New Orleans episode. Oh, and by the way, a little heads up, un aviso, a little heads up, which I think we learned in our baseball episode. Well, I'm releasing a lot of the bonus episodes from season two as we are wrapping season Three, well, I decided season two, some of the episodes will become available. So what do you have to do? Well, you can either follow me on social media and you'll get a link or wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to this podcast. Now, if you want to get the bonus audio every week with PDF documents, with all the vocabulary, the expressions, and everything we look at, plus you can even get review classes with me every week where we review key vocabulary, expressions, and structures from each episode, from each topic. And you can even be a part of our monthly masterclass. So there are tons of options available. You can check them all out at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And while we're on the subject of Patreon, I want to send a shout out to all my amazing patrons. What a pleasure. Keep up the great work. And I'll send a special shout out to my super duper students, Javier, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, and Edgar. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Isa, Paco, Diego, and Carmen. Keep up the great work. You guys are out of this world. Sois extraordinarios. You are out of this world. Keep it up. And if you want more information or you want a free sample, send me a message and I would be happy to oblige. Now, oblige no es obligarte. This is a false friend. Que cumpliré. I'll give you a free sample. All you have to do is contact me. So let's get back into today's topic, which is London. Now, let's, let's talk about something here. If I told you that the smallest city in England is London... You would tell me I'm wrong. You would tell me I'm nuts. But it depends on what you consider London. Because there's a place called London City. And then there's the greater London region. It's like, you know, if you look at New York City, that's Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens. But if you're just talking about Manhattan... It's just that island, that borough, as we call them there. 
But the city of London, many of you have probably flown to the airport. It's smack dab in the center of greater London. And it's only about one mile square. O sea, un kilometro cuadrado. It has a population of around 7,500 residents. You're thinking, what? Well, consider it like its own city inside of a city. In fact, some people will say it's more powerful than the rest of London because that's where the banks are, the stock exchange. And we're going to talk about that in the bonus part of today's show. We're going to talk about some of the conspiracies. Obviously, there's a lot of power in London. So we're going to talk about some of the dark side and, well, all of those interesting things that we like to look at because it's not all rainbows and unicorns but there is a city inside of a city and it's called the city of london so that's a good trivia question but london greater london what we usually mean when we refer to london well that has a population of around nine million residents but again we'll get into the secret uh, the many secrets, I should say, in London, because any place with that much history is going to have a lot of dark secrets. And that's interesting. But we'll take a look at that in the bonus part. Another thing London is known for is its diversity, not just its cultural diversity, but also the food, the entertainment. I mean, it is a city where you can hear any language in the world. They say there are over 300 languages spoken in London. So chances are you'll probably hear your own language on the streets of London. Think about it. How many Spanish people do you know who called London home, at least for a semester or a year or two. Another interesting fact is that London is a lush city, and lush means very green. I think you say frondoso. I know what you're thinking. London? Lush? I mean, I know there are some beautiful squares and parks, but they have so much greenery, so many green spaces that due to the density of trees in London, it has enough trees per square mile to qualify it as a forest. Well, according to the United Nations, London is a forest. That's pretty crazy. I've been to cities such as German cities, uh, Frankfurt, that are very, very lush and very, very green. And you know that. I mean, you think about it when you know their temperature, the climate, but you would never think that London was such a lush city. Oh, and speaking of lush cities, the word lush also means alcoholic. And as I said, we'll talk about drinking our way around London as well because there are legendary watering holes and a watering hole is a place where you drink a bar or a pub but before we go to the pub and have a few pints we need to have a bit of a history lesson now some people say that London was built from the Romans around the year 50 AD those Romans, they are involved in everything. Well, 
at least they were. But the origin of the name is a bit puzzling. A bit puzzling is confusing. That's right. Now, during history, the city of London had many different names. One of those was Londonium. Another was Ludenwick. Another, Ludenburg. But the most accepted version of the etymology of London, of where it gets its name from, is that it has derived from the old Celtic word Londonius, which means to be bold. That's right, to be bold, audaz, atrevido. And I think that's, I mean, that's probably the most believable story because it's a word that often defines Londoners. They are bold people. They are not afraid to share their opinion. But we couldn't talk about London without talking about some of the sites. Remember, we generally don't say to make tourism or to do tourism. We say to go sightseeing. So what are some of the sites? Well, you could literally spend a month, you could spend a year in London and do something different every day and night. Now, of course, you'll need a huge bank account because it's not necessarily a cheap city, is it? But what was that Big Ben nonsense that I said before? I said, actually, I was being pedantic. It's not called Big Ben. That tower is not called Big Ben. Well, everybody thinks it is, but it's not the name of the tower. It's actually the name of the clock that's in the tower. And you know what I got to say? Okay, come on. That's a technicality. You should call the clock and the tower the same thing. I mean, even locals say Big Ben Tower. But if you want to split hairs, buscarle tres patas al gato, you could say, well, technically, it's not the name of the tower. It's just the clock face. Okay, fine. But we'll continue to call that monument Big Ben. And many of you know it's located near Westminster, the, the Palace of Westminster. And you want to know something? The British royal family isn't as British as you would think. They're German. That's right. But we're going to look at that in the bonus part of today's show. And along with all the sights in London, we said Big Ben. Obviously, you've got Piccadilly. You could get lost just shopping and having coffee on the streets of Camden Town, or perhaps go buy a book where Hugh Grant was, you know, those ritzy areas, Notting Hill, I believe. In fact, I've seen some of my students call it Nothing Hill. <laughs> it's not nothing, it's Notting, Notting Hill. Well, it's no wonder real estate is expensive there. There's so many sites to see, so much to do. There are over 170 museums in London, the National Gallery, the British Library, the British Museum, which has been in the papers recently for some controversy. Uh, well, it's not really controversy. It's people saying, we want our stuff back. 
when you guys came and conquered the world, you took our stuff, and those are our relics. So you're seeing a lot of countries saying, yeah, it's great that it's in your museum, but that is not a British artifact, and that does not belong to you. Eh, son cosas de imperio. <laughs> And if sightseeing in museums aren't your thing, well, maybe you want to go take in an orchestra performance. And careful with that word, because I used to say, in Spanish, I used to say, orquestra. And it's not. It's orchestra in English. It's orquesta sin te. So careful. In English, it's similar, but a little bit different. It also reminds me of crocodile. Yo decía crocodrilo. So remember, you can learn the other way around. Sometimes I learned from making these mistakes. Were the words similar, but not exactly? Oh, another one. I used to say cemeterio, because in English it's cemetery. But it's in Spanish, cementerio. I feel your pain. I've made those mistakes, but the other way around. Al revés. So if orchestras are your thing, like my daughter, she loves orchestras. We put on some performances here at home. And London is a great place because they have six orchestras, six official orchestras. Some cities don't have one. They have the Royal Philharmonic, the London Philharmonic, the BBC Symphony Orchestra. And why not? If there's a lot of money, well, hopefully there's a lot of money for cultural institutions. Uh, they also have six ravens. What? Well, yeah, six orchestras, six ravens. And what is a raven? Well, it's a famous story by Edgar Allan Poe, but it's another way of saying cuervo, which is a crow, a raven. And there are six ravens that are located in the Tower of London. And it's a superstitious thing. They believe that as long as there are six ravens living in that tower, the tower will not fall. So as modern as British people may be, we could say they are still traditional folks. Gente tradicional. And speaking of birds, Trafalgar Square. That place is for the birds. <laughs> uh, for the birds is lo peor. Well, I'll tell you what I mean. It used to be a place that was known for housing, albergando, I think you say, thousands of pigeons and tourists would go there and they would feed the pigeons and they would pose with them and get their picture taken but in 2003 london mayor ken livingstone banned feeding them or selling feed near the square and feed is la comida that's interesting they feed them feed hey that's easy to remember and they even hired a hawk i don't know how you hire a hawk but they had a hawk there to chase them away espantarlos so that's why i said it's for the birds es lo peor or at least it used to be a modern symbol of london is the london eye that big ferris wheel that's right on the river but it was not the first ferris wheel in london the great wheel takes that title 
And that great wheel was constructed in 1895. It was for the Empire of India exhibition. They demolished it or tore it down in the year 1907. It wasn't until 91 years later where they erected the London Eye. And let's be honest, it's one of the most breathtaking views of London. It's what we call a bird's eye view. Hey, we're talking a lot about birds in this episode. And speaking of views from beautiful spots, one of the most beautiful buildings aesthetically and another symbol of London is the Shard. And that's a funny one because what does the building look like? It looks like a shard of glass. Un trozo. <laughs> See, we can even learn from the name of the building. Well, that is the tallest building in London, and it's made of 11,000 glass panels. Now, it's not made of 11,000 shards, because usually a shard is a broken piece of glass. And we're going to wrap up the first part of today's episode talking about movies, the silver screen, series. I mean, London is a backdrop for some of the most famous movies and series ever. And the first place that comes to mind is Pinewood Studios, which is located in the village of Ivor Heath. Now, it's about 29 kilometers west of central London. So a lot of people count it as London. But this place is huge. They have these ginormous sound stages. And a sound stage is un estudio. And some of our favorite movies have been filmed there. They might ring a bell. The Dark Knight, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Harry Potter, The Hobbit, Snatch, which is Cerdos y Diamantes, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Les Miserables, the list is endless. Oh, and you can't forget about James Bond as well. So it is a legendary place where movies are made and many artists live as well. Artists, politicians, writers, philosophers, some people that called London home, Karl Marx, Charles Darwin, Charles Dickens, Jimi Hendrix, Mozart, Florence Nightingale, and hundreds of others. But don't take my word for it, because there are plaques. They have these blue plaques that are placed at the places where these people grew up. So you can find these plaques all over London. Oh, and how can I forget? A trip to London wouldn't be a trip to London without crossing Abbey Road. We've got so much more to talk about, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Hey, I was trying to link it with Road, Abbey Road, crossing to cross that bridge when we get to it is Ya veremos ese tema más adelante. Because right now, we've got to wrap up the first part of today's F.Y.I.